Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 343 of Her, the podcast where, well, you're going to hear the naked truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today, her seasonal affective disorder. Yep, it's starting to get dark out there, and now I can just feel that depression coming on down the line. So we're going to have a talk with the one and only Dr. Norman Rosenthal, who is the scientist behind seasonal affective disorder. And before we begin, just know that this episode is made possible by our wonderful friends at Smarty Pants Women's Vitamins, the delicious once-a-day gummies that contain all of the essential vitamins, minerals, and omega oils customized just for women. To learn more, hop on over to smartypantsvitamins.com. Here's your first reminder, because I'll remind you later on, to click on the iTunes after this episode and rate and review the show, because we love your feedback. All right, it's time for Her. Her. The podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind. Her body. Her life. It's all about Her. Well, so many of you out in the Her Podcast land know that I traditionally have Dr. Norman Rosenthal on just about this time of year when those evenings are getting longer and the days are getting shorter and it's getting darker out there. And then you ask yourself, why am I feeling so blah? And, you know, it takes a front end loader to get me going in the morning and I'm kind of feeling a little down and maybe even depressed. What the heck is going on? So Dr. Norman Rosenthal is going to be answering all of these questions and more. Now, Dr. Rosenthal is a well-renowned psychiatrist, public speaker, and best-selling author who's known for his innovative research and inspirational writings. He's currently clinical professor of psychiatry at Georgetown University School of Medicine and seriously is listed as one of the best doctors in America. Oh, to heck with all of that stuff. He happens to be one of my bestest friends forever, and he and I collaborated while we were both at the National Institutes of Health, me being upstairs in the Department of uh, Developmental Endocrinology, and he downstairs in mental health, and you know, we just made it work one way or the other, became good walking buddies, and I'm going to tell you, what you're going to now hear to help you navigate the winter not only includes his brilliant books um, that really are seminal in describing what seasonal affective disorder is all about, but also his work with Transcendental Meditation and his latest book, which is just spectacular. It's really looking at putting the medicine in poetry and and utilizing this art form to be able to help with the healing process in his beautiful book, Poetry Rx. Norm, welcome back to the Herb Podcast. Well, thanks, Pam. It's always great to be on your show. Well, now, I know that I can't tell you how many people out there already have your book, Winter Blues. Um, and I know that, oh, you know, we're, we're entering another uh, season where people are asking themselves, well, 
do I really have this thing called seasonal affective disorder or is it something else? Why don't you walk us through that? Well, I think seasonal affective disorder is just the end of a spectrum of our seasonal responses. In other words, many of us have responses of one kind and not all of these responses are bad. You know, we might enjoy the falling leaves. We might enjoy anticipating the holidays. But for many, many people, probably one in five, the anticipation of the winter is not a pleasant thing. Sometimes it affects our biology. We begin to slow down, eat more, gain weight, eat those sweets and starches, and withdraw from people and have a whole bunch of vegetative symptoms, which means symptoms that affect the way our body works. People may identify with hibernating bears. So those are the early symptoms or the mild symptoms. For many people, that's all they get. But for some people, it progresses to the more severe form. Huh. Okay. So how do you know? Well, just look inside, turn the mirror towards yourself and say, how am I feeling? Am I feeling different today than I did in summertime or in early autumn? When October comes along as it does now, how am I feeling? Is there a hint of melancholy? Is there a little bit of sadness? Do I dread the turning back of the clocks when daylight savings time no longer is around, and we have that extra hour of darkness in the afternoon. Is that difficult for me? So if you're not the life and soul of the Christmas party or the Thanksgiving do, maybe you are one of the people who suffer from this more severe form of the condition, the seasonal affective disorder, or SAD. Huh. Okay. So... Uh, some of the bigger um, consequences of SAD, I mean, are there any people who are more vulnerable to SAD than others? Well, that's a loaded question for this particular podcast because women outnumber men by three or four to one. Somehow women, especially in their reproductive years, seem to be particularly susceptible to the symptoms of SAD. So that's one thing. People who live further north, further away from the equator. If we were in the southern hemisphere, we'd say people who live further south. So it's when the winter days are shortest. Um, people who live in cloudy climates versus clear climates will suffer more. So these are some of the people who feel the problem to a greater degree. All right. So women, heads up. You know, you're much more vulnerable to this. And also, there are things that are spillover and, and consequences of feeling down, like weight gain, for instance, right? Right, exactly, because when you're eating more, especially sweets and starches, when you're exercising less, you know what's going to happen with the morning weigh-in. You're going to see the difference. You know, for some people it's minor, but for other people not so much. And... I might say if you do tend to gain weight, you might have a hard time losing it when summer comes. So this isn't one of those, you know, 
the the minute the the winter is over and like the title of your beautiful book winter blues when those winter blues seem to go away you don't just immediately look in the mirror and hey i bounce back um there's going to be some residual here unless you're really smart about trying to either prevent it or just hop to it as soon as possible so what can someone do when they have sad well, the good news is there are lots of things that you can do. Firstly, know thyself. As the old oracle of Delphi used to say, know thyself. If you have trouble in the winter, prepare ahead of time. Uh, watch out that you don't put on the weight in the first place and use more light. That's the biggest tip that you should know, that Light is what is driving the seasonal cycle to a large extent, uh, almost like it does in many different kinds of animals. The lack of light causes us to have a lot of different behavioral changes. And if you therefore increase your light, replace the light you're missing, that's the first step in the right direction. And I can tell you how to do that. All right, go for it. Heck yeah. Okay. You can do it naturalistically, like even if you're walking out on a winter day, if you look up at the clouds, you're going to get a lot of light coming in. Um, or if the day is really grim and you can't get outside, uh, or it's the days are short, you can supplement your light with artificial light. You can get one of these light fixtures or light boxes. Uh, and uh, now there are many companies that make good boxes, and you can set one up on your desk or tabletop or on a stand, uh, put it in front of your life cycle or your peloton, uh, put it next to your bed if need be, so that you get the morning light, because in the morning is when the light works the best. There are also very nifty ways of simulating a summer dawn, the so-called dawn simulator and they exist in various forms i have one in my own bedroom and um it turns the light on gradually in the morning and uh, much as it does in the summertime naturally so these are different ways of bringing more light into your life and that can make already a huge difference without actually causing you to have to exert yourself or put yourself out of your way at all, really. I love it. And, you know, I was actually told, I just uh, recently renovated my home office. Who hasn't? Um, <laughs> you know, with all the uh, remote um, work that's now being done. And one of the things I found um, was that one of the contractors said, you can actually put in, I have very tall ceilings, and you can actually... Uh, take the overhead light. I have the the sunken in light, um, more contemporary, and uh, put in a special bulb that actually um, gives you more of a circadian rhythm with with light, very much like what you have in your bedroom. And I, I think that that just sounds uh, fantastic. Um, I, the more I thought about it, the the better it made me feel because very soon. Or maybe by the time this uh, podcast goes live, we're going to have, um, you know, much darker days. And um, me and you, I know that for a fact, love that light. Love, love, love it. So, okay. So at the end of the day, um, 
Can they run on over to your website as well and learn more about this? Absolutely. Thanks for mentioning that. Uh, that's www.normanrosenthal.com. And uh, there, there are lots of blogs and um, various tips about uh, you know, treating uh, the winter blues or flagrant seasonal affective disorder. Absolutely. And everyone out there in the Herb Podcast land, just know that, you know, stay tuned in the New York Times, especially where um, Norm is uh, almost always quoted uh, right around the winter time of year um, to really help people navigate what their feelings are about uh depression and feeling down during this time and help sort out what's going on with regard to seasonal affective disorder because it's a real thing. There's absolutely no question about it. So that's fantastic. Now, the other thing that I love about you, Norm, is you are just so prolific in the beautiful books that you write and the amazing um, expanse of your knowledge. And most importantly, as a psychiatrist, someone who looks at life so holistically. So meditation is extremely important to you. Tell us why. Yes, well, I've been doing a certain kind of meditation called transcendental meditation, 16 years or so, and I wouldn't skip it for all the world. Uh, I do it twice a day. And what it does is it, it's a very deep relaxation, and uh, it's, very, uh, it's very pleasant. Uh, it's not difficult to do once you're properly trained. And, uh, you know, it does connect here to winter blues because in the winter, people who've got sad or the winter blues have a terrible time with stress. Stress can really knock you under. And meditation is one of the best anti-stress treatments that I know of. Because by just giving yourself this 20 minutes twice a day, uh, somehow everything seems to fall into place much better. Oftentimes, while I'm meditating, I find I've had a problem, but all of a sudden, like a Rubik cube that's kind of doing itself, or some kind of puzzle that's working itself out, the TM helps me to do just that. And uh, so I totally recommend it. I've written two books on the subject. The one's called Transcendence. That was the first book. And the second one talks about how when you practice it over time, your mental functions become sharper and more creative. So that one's called Supermind. And uh, I practice what I preach and I recommend it to lots of other people. I believe Pam, I recommended it to you, if I'm not mistaken. Well, hey, I think I'm in it. <laughs> I'm in your I'm in your book. Um, I know that for a fact. Hey, listen out there. You know, I know when people mention meditation, you're like, oh God, you know, I there's just no way I can do it. Well, it was actually through Norm and his crew, as it were, um, uh, that I really discovered that indeed I can not only do it, but I thoroughly enjoy it. Haven't been doing it as long as Norm. Probably mine is more like six years. And uh, uh, like Norm, I have found it to be enormously helpful um, so that uh, my level of focus 
and uh, stillness of the mind um, are, are really um, sharpened and enhanced. Uh, and I truly look forward to it as much as you do, Norm. So um, look into Transcendental Meditation. I think that's tm.org, um, wherever you happen to be, uh, and um, have a little look at it. The other um, uh, book that you uh, wrote, um, you also wrote The Gift of Adversity, which is just uh, absolutely beautiful. It's that whole issue of resilience for all intent and purposes. But um, uh, another book, your most recent one, is is one that is just absolutely extraordinary to me. And um, it is uh, an amazing a book called Poetry Rx. And it's 50 inspiring poems that can heal and bring joy to your life. What a brilliant idea to use poetry to heal. And every time you're on, I have to go to some of my favorites. And in this case, it's remaining steady through life's ups and downs um, in that whole chapter. And this one is called If by Rudyard Kipling. And this one, I remember, my goodness, when I was growing up, and um, I thought it was just a lovely way, a simple way to understand life's ups and downs. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you and make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can talk with crowds, I'm sort of skipping over now to the end, if you could talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and, which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Why did you choose that poem? Well, it's a very, very popular poem. In fact, in one survey in Britain done at the end of the last century, it came out as the number one most famous, most popular poem of the group of people who participated in the survey. And I was raised in South Africa where the legacy of colonialism had left a bitter taste in people's mouths. And so we had not really given Kipling his due. But as I grew up, grew older, traveled around the world, I found so many people for whom this poem was meaningful, including some extremely famous people. I, I once uh, was in uh, the home of one of these leaders of, of a foreign country, and there, uh, along with pictures of this person photographed with other leaders, was Kipling's poem, which had been typed out and framed and hung on the wall. And um, I thought, wow, if this you know leader can look to this poem with such 
a sense of inspiration, uh, it really must have an important message. In writing Poetry Rx, I was um, impressed because I realized that some of its influence, the poem's influence, came from Kipling's being raised in uh, the British Empire. So it's got a colonial influence, you know, get it done, and if it fails, then start all over again and build it up again. But it also has uh, the influence of India, which is where he spent his childhood years and later life as well. Uh, and the Bhagavad Gita is all over the poem uh, with its emphasis on balance and equipoise. You know, yes. uh, keep your head when all about you are losing theirs. You know, maintain balance. Think things through, you know. Dream, but not make dreams your master. That's right. So, in other words, you, you know, there's always on the one hand and on the other hand, there's always balance, which is, of course, so important for a leader, but actually important for all of us in our lives. Oh, I love it. And then your your takeaways... Uh, each of the chapters, by the way, um, to all my wonderful listeners to the Herb Podcast in Poetry Rx, are are done very in a very organized fashion. Really getting down to the nitty gritty of what the poem is about, um, taken from a physician and a psychiatrist perspective. And uh, there's always the takeaways, which I love. And in this case, it's remain as calm as possible in a crisis. Don't overreact to things. Take other people's thoughts and feelings into consideration. Don't reciprocate bad behavior. Be as resilient as you can. Balance attachment and detachment or non-attachment. Now, I'd like you to... Just explain that last one. Balance attachment and detachment. Well, it's it's fascinating to me because, you know, when I went through my psychiatric training, I was trained uh, according to the principles of Freud, who said the goals of human beings are to work and to love. Um, you know, you had to attach. You had to attach to your work. You had to attach to your love uh, and but as I became more seasoned as a psychiatrist as, and as a person, I realized that there was also a lot to be said from deta for detachment. Think of all the things that we can be over-attached to, um, including people, including food, including addictive substances. Uh, we can even overvalue a job that we have and think that we couldn't live without it or uh, be afraid of change because we're overattached to the present and too afraid of the future. Uh, so we can overattach very, very easily. And so detachment is a very, very important quality that I had overlooked. And this is running through the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, there's a wonderful verse in the Bhagavad Gita uh, saying that you have control over action alone, never the fruit. Therefore, be, do not be overattached to the fruit, but do not detach from the action. So here you see the balance. You can't control the outcome. You can only control the effort. So don't be too attached to the outcome because you've got no control of it. Do your best, but don't stop the effort. 
so the balance between doing, attaching, but also not doing and detaching is a very valuable balance to, uh, you know, go with. You know what I do every day? I grab another poem from the 50 and I reread it. So you've given me a beautiful opportunity to not only read poetry that brings, you know, insight and joy uh, to my life. At the same time, I love reading your wise words um, and your own um, insights uh, and your own take and perspective based upon your work as a physician, a scientist, uh, looking uh, through the lens of that into the beauty and the and the breadth of of wisdom uh, in the poetry itself. So I, I can't thank you enough for the gift of this marvelous book called Poetry Rx. And I would like everyone out there to run on over to Dr. Norman Rosenthal's website, normanrosenthal.com com to learn about all of his work, his books, um, his comments, his blogs, just so you understand that this is someone you should most definitely follow in social media and his website. Uh, all I can say is that you're such a gift to all of us, Norm. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. You're so kind, and uh, I am so thrilled that it was a meaningful uh, contribution to you, my dear friend, as well as to other people, too. Oh, fantastic. And and as we close up here, Norm, one last um, bit of wisdom from you to all of these mostly women who listen and want to be able to feel in this crazy world we live in just a kernel of hope that, yeah, we can get through this. Well, yes, I'm happy to do that because I have so much hope. You know, we humans are so ingenious. If we only take that ingenuity and apply it in a good way, there are so many things that we can do, uh, both for ourselves and the people around us. I want to say, because this was originally a seasonal affective disorder, don't forget exercise. So we talked about exercise. We talked about light. I know Dr. Peake talks about diet all the time and, you know, as well she should. She's a total expert on the subject. Uh, be sure to uh, be with positive people. If there's that lunch date you have with a friend that makes all the difference to you and you just want to snuggle under your covers and pull them over your head, which you shouldn't do because it takes your light away, don't do that. Make the lunch date and you might enjoy it much more than you think. So do things that you normally enjoy and surprise, you may find that you are actually enjoying them. So I think stay positive, uh, not about only about yourself, but about the world around us and continue to think of ways of making life just a little better uh, in one way or the other. Oh, fantastic. I just love this. Everyone, we've been talking to Dr. Norman Rosenthal, um, the author of many books, the most current of which is Poetry Rx, and the uh, scientist behind Seasonal Affective Disorder. And regardless, 
throughout all the books, you're going to hear the same thing. There's an underlying, um, you know, current of recommendations to live a healthy life, one that has plenty of physical activity, healthy nutrition, time for meditation, time for engagement with others. All of these things are so terribly important. You'll hear them in the poems that he um, cites in uh, Poetry Rx. You'll hear it throughout all of the work he does. Um, and I, I want you to just, again, hear from me, my recommendation for a holistic, healthy lifestyle. Please, that's the balance we all need. All right, everyone out there, this has just been a wonderful episode. Take a minute now to hit iTunes, rate and review the show because I want to hear from you because I'm Dr. Pam Peek. That's why I'm host of the Her Podcast. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peek MD. Remember to catch every single episode of the Her Podcast on iTunes or Radio MD. Thanks for listening today and please stay safe and stay well.